Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Oriental Empires, Interstellar Space Genesis, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's good to be here. Happy New Year, everyone. Y- yeah, yeah. I guess it'll be this will be up on the first, right, or the second? Something like that. Uh, I want to yeah. say second, second or third. Yeah, second. January. No, 2nd. second. Everybody, hope you had a good New Year's celebration. A safe one. Made it home safe and sound mm-hmm. with families, roommates, pets, everything. Mm-hmm. And our by now the the hangover should be abating yeah. by now. Yeah, exactly. hopefully. <laughs> if if it's not, you should go to the nearest emergency room because you most likely have alcohol poisoning. Yeah. So you know, keep that in mind. If you're still feeling woozy two days after you're done drinking, <laughs> go get go get some fluids at the hospital, some electrolytes. Anyways, um, hopefully, uh, whatever weather was is headed was headed your way past then everybody's okay because just apparently some crazy weather coming yeah. in case it's been all we've had uh thunderstorms high winds here today we had a drill watch for a while so, mm. uh, in, in december jeez yeah. the christmas tornado that's awful well no it wasn't a warning thank goodness but just a watch because like the thunderstorms really kicked up really bad and it was unusually warm today we almost hit 60 so that mm. pretty in december yeah. yeah i was out wow. uh running errands and things today because Anyway, yeah, uh, hopefully we don't lose connection and get to finish the show without any trouble. Right. Well, it is a shorter show today, so it should, we should be okay. So, you know what? Why don't we just jump right into it? So, why don't you start us off with At The Gates? All right. So, John Schaefer updated At The Gates again on his Kickstarter page. This is his weekly update for the game as toward launch. And so, this week he talks about the clans as game pieces. And in the early game... You'll get a lot of clans very quickly, and it, that's by design. And a, I don't know. I felt in, at sometimes I could be a little bit overwhelmed. They were coming so fast that I couldn't train them and everything, so I had them just sitting around a little bit at the beginning. But that's by design. But if you don't invest in food, in resources, in fame, then the rate at which you accumulate clans will slow down. And you need clans to expand and to improve because... Each clan can only basically do one thing at a time. You can retrain them, but they can only focus on one profession at a time. So some might be a gatherer or a, an or or all different types of stuff like that. So he kind of gives you some pointers about the track. And then it goes into detailed traits. Each clan has two traits, and there are o- over a hundred in the game, I believe. And it's been my experience. I don't know about yours, Dan. No, we both played uh, but a lot of these traits are negative and wrong or they're overly gluttons or all these different mm. I-, I think john is going for hyper realism here <laughs> <laughs> you might be right you might be right so each of these clans are going to have a couple of traits sometimes they're good sometimes they're fast learners or they've got extra stamina which means they can uh but anyway you got to keep their moods up or they will begin acting on their worser impulse as you move them around have them doing jobs they'll develop desires and so that's sort of a dynamic they'll do they want these you got to make sure they're getting what they're wanted in order to keep them happy and productive now occasionally clans that have more negative traits will enter a feud 
And if the feud is just minor, you don't have to worry about it, but it could escalate into something really major, and in that case, you have to step in and settle it. And the way you settle it is by publicly backing one of the clans and publicly punishing the other one. Now that's interesting. The, public, the publicly punished clan will get even more sour and develop even more negative traits, but the feud will be over and you can get back to doing whatever you're doing. What I didn't read about in this is what happens to the clan whom you choose. Do they get a bonus trait? Do they get to be more productive? Do, does something happen to them that's good? I would have liked to have heard about that. I don't think that they do. And if they don't, that's something that really ought to be added to the game because this whole system of clans and traits seems to focus on negative feuds, negative traits that are with the poor moods. What do you get when you, or make a mood of the clan really high, or these sorts of, that make the game fun and give the, the player something to work for, or perhaps a consolation to make so it Two things. Since John is taking, you know, he's trying to make it hyper real. What you're describing here sounds like the beating shall continue until morale improves. <laughs> right. <laughs> it seems that way. You know, I've I've seen that happen in many workplaces with much astonishment being displayed by the people that exacerbate this behavior when morale does not improve. So I'm I don't know. That's that's interesting. And slightly which, you know, on a kind of a little bit of an aside to what you're saying. So in this update, there's, I believe he said six things you can train them in, right? Six paths. There's, but yeah, one six, of the things I didn't, it's, okay, you're right. Six schools of knowledge. Where does combat fit in there? That's the one thing I didn't see. Like there, I was right. trying to imagine. Yeah, but uh, and yeah, I don't know. I would, right. And and I think you would I think you would have it. I mean, granted, at that time, the only nations that had standing armies were like the major nations, like Rome and like you know, uh, depending which part of the Carthage or Byzantium, right? Persia. So, but again, it really depends on you know leftover Greek city states. But it really depends. Like I would imagine, yeah, I guess in a small settlement or village or whatever you want to call this you wouldn't have a standing army but i'm sure that there's somebody there that could be teaching some of your you know more questionable folks on how to channel their aggression in more productive ways you know yeah uh, about the only thing that seems like a positive is as your clans work in a profession for a time they develop fields of experience mm -hmm. essentially and that means that they can mm -hmm. switch jobs switch professions more quickly which is nice because you know when you start off with just like level one knowledge you have very ability for your character they might be able to gather stick gather drop wood, and then later on they become woodsmen they can fell timber and then later on they become carpenters and they can make uh barns home and things like that. so you want to be able to move them up the knowledge tree as they well as your technology and so having that be experience is nice but other than that there isn't a lot of positive things going on with clans the gates at least not in this update and that's been my it was it was brutal I didn't have really specific goals to work toward other than moving up the knowledge. And I, mm -hmm. I would have liked more bonus. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's, that's about all there is for At The Gates this week. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on that? Well, I'm. Um, there's a discussion in our forums, and I've seen it ongoing on Twitter, about the game being released um, when it is, January 23rd, and... There's conjecture out there. Oh, it's, you know, John ran out of money or, oh, you know, Steam made him do it. And I think it's neither. I think it's like this project has been in the works for so long that at some point he had to put in a hard stop and say, okay, this is the stop. I'll get all this stuff done. I'll get all of this polished, all this working, send it out, get it into the hands of the people, get their... Now, he's calling it a full release. That, I don't know. That... I mean, that to me probably is closer to a, like a solid beta than a full release, but whatever, you know, I'll keep, I mean, what, I'll keep that to myself I mean, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That, that's just kind of almost the new norm. It's almost the new norm. All, until they're abandoned, they're almost never finished. Right, right. And even then they're sometimes in, and in some cases almost 
all times never finished, even when abandoned. So anyway, so I think him putting it out is kind of like, here you go. But no, I'm not done with the project. It's just here it is. It's working. It's good. And now give me your feedback and then he'll get to the next thing. So one of the major components that's missing is diplomacy. And I've seen, you know, some grumbling about, oh man, you know, this is, but I think diplomacies in a 4X is one of the biggest and most complicated subsystems or major systems with many subsystems in a 4X. So I like there are 4X games from major studios that come out that still don't have diplomacy, you know? And I'm not talking about something like Gladius, which wouldn't have diplomacy because it is a war game, but many other games that shall go unmentioned that have some semblance of diplomacy that's not very diplomatic and doesn't exactly work. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, um, the guys have been yeah. criticized for, for not launching finally. exactly the right. So it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you yeah, don't. But you know, we wish them we'll right. Just let them decide what kind of game yep. it is. Yep, and we'll definitely be playing it. And like, I got a few things on my plate right now that I want to clear. But as soon as that's done, actually, at the gates will probably be one of the first new titles that I pick up in 2019 for, you know, serious play. So, all right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about Thea. So, you know how we've been talking each week about the various releases for Thea? Yeah, I have. Like, oh, here's build this and this, they're fixing this and that. So, they had one right before Christmas. Now, I believe they're off for the whole week of Christmas, which means that they're still probably working on the game. They're just not really updating or doing anything. I mean, most places are closed down for this time. So, um, some of the major things in the latest build, build 299 or 0299, they have the god unlocks, meaning that you can actually start unlocking the other deities in the pantheon. Now, I still don't know how to do that. It shows me that supposedly I can do it, and I've tried to do it, but I haven't succeeded. So, you know, maybe I'm missing something there, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. They're continuing to tweak the algorithm for the generation of islands, and so they're not so far apart which makes sense also. I mean, you don't want to, exa- it's not exactly, I mean, I guess it really depends on which map you choose, but whatever. So they're fixing it. So that should be a little bit easier. They're fixing some crashes, which is good. They're still hunting bugs and all kinds of lockups that their people are reporting. So the game has, like when you first launch the it tells you, hey, this is in beta. The game will crash from time to time. Do not get upset. Here's an F8 button. Press it and tell us why it crashed. And it'll send us a log. I I guess it sends them a crash log or whatever. So that's awesome, you know? And they have it right on the open. And I still read about people complaining like, oh, this game is so buggy. Why is it out in release? And it's like, it's not. It's an early access, buddy. Don't you read the big, bold letters in front of you? Anyways, (laughs) so, so they're continuing with the various fixes. They're fixing, you know, naming, they're fixing uh, attribute, they're continuing to tweak the AI, they're continuing to work on the, um, like, portraits being swapped, they're doing balance stuff with, like, some of the other races, like the orcs and the dwarves and the goblins, the beasts. I haven't seen any elves yet that can join your party, but I've seen others. So yeah, they're, con- they're working the on them. I mean, I've seen a few, but like, not, not, not like, the, yeah, no, 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 no I've, in- yeah, I've seen elf settlements, like abandoned settlements, but I've not seen, I mean, this Thea 2 takes another, what, 100 years after Thea 1? In Thea 1, there were almost no elves left. So my guess is if there are any elves, they're going to be very difficult to find. There's, their stuff is around, but not them anymore. So that so that's the first thing. Now, they also released a newsletter where, first of all, first and foremost, I wish everybody, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. They're going to they announced that they're going to be out a little bit, but they're still working on it. And they're taught and they mentioned that Thea 2 has been in early access for three weeks and they're taking all the feedback and they're taking all the stuff and they're applying it. And I can tell you that they're applying it because one of the one of the issues I had from the get go was with the way. Um, the recipes work like they changed it from the first game here, which is I, I do not mind the change at all, because in the first game you could like make your party like the super party by giving them 10 different foods. And if they have 10 different foods, they can walk faster, carry more, fight harder, think better. I get that part. Sure, I can understand that, but not it was it was a little OP. So they fixed it. But their initial fix for the release, I did not like. So they would generate like a couple of random recipes and that's really all you could do. And it doesn't matter what ingredients you had. You can either eat like as if you were not able to take these raw ingredients and do something with them. You know, like, oh, man, what do I do with the wheat? I don't know. I don't know. 
And that's it. Like people <laughs> forgot how to do anything with weed or hmm, what do I do with these berries? Throw them at each other? You can't do anything with them, obviously, you know? So yeah. they changed that around. Like they're thankfully the system is like a hybrid, I think, now between the first and game and the, and what they initially had, where you still can have a lot more recipes, but in reality, only a couple of them impact your performance. And that I'm okay with. So yeah. the people like me that just get a kick out of messing with the recipes, we still get to mess with them, but it doesn't really impact the game as much as it would have in Thea one so that's the first thing now another Wait, so before I, you move on mm. one thing i'd like to see them with the food mm -hmm. thing is really change it around where oh. you have different categories of food and is and then you have different levels of food within those categories so let's say for your uh, for your group there you have mm. a an appetizer a main course a side dish a dessert and a beverage <laughs> food right and you have basic recipes for each of those that give you whatever bonuses and then my uh, four level each appetite each side did what dude, make me that, in uh, and then that uh, is how your bonus uh i don't know man that sounds kind of tedious to me and this is from somebody who likes messing with the recipes i don't know that sounds like that sounds like a game in and of itself but thea one was a game of games that that's what it was and i really like that that it's listen it still is thea 2 is just as much it's just you can't use the food exploit that you used in thea 1 that's what's changed mm -hmm. you still can do a lot of stuff with food for example here's something i found with it so in my games you basically i've been finding two different factions that i can interact with there is the faction that's part of the main quest and then there is, so they usually have a city not too far away from you that you can engage with. And then there's the faction, the uh, Slavians. And they are, like, you can do a few things and they can be friendly with you, but that's it. And you can trade with them. You can try to sell stuff to them. So you can actually sell cooked food to the faction for money. Now, the, now, the issue I have with, it's the one issue I have is still, like, controlling like when you're doing trades you it's either all or nothing for me unless i'm doing something wrong i have not figured out how to do it yet how to do a trade of like you know 50 resources or food or a thousand versus every single thing i have now by the way the way they balance overproduction of like food and things like that is you'll have like in my head, the way I see it is like the local bandits here that, oh, man, this settlement's doing very good. Okay, well, let's go raid them. So you start getting raided more often. That's kind of what was happening in Thea of One. If you had too many kids, then all kinds of bad events started happening and kids started dropping off, being kidnapped, being eaten, being sacrificed, you know. Right. So. That, that's kind of what happens here in Thea 2. I've not had that where, like, you know, I'm having kids being born left and right. So we'll see. We'll have to see how that plays out. But, um, like, I like I like the change to the difficulty they made. Now, another major difference that they made, and this, to me, is huge, huge. So, you know, whenever you encounter any kind of interaction, doesn't really matter whether it's a battle or it's a, it's a battle of weapons or battle of wits or you're trying to track somebody or you're trying to dispel something. It, these are all interactions. These are all essentially card battle. But you really have two options. You can either auto-resolve it or you can manually control it. Now, in the past, if you auto-resolve the battle, you know, you get what you get, the end. And afterwards, you're like, man, that's awful. I could have done so much better. Why did I do this to myself? Well, here they have like almost like a preview system where they give you five different ratings. Like if there was an auto-resolve that the AI ran for you, what would you get? Would you get the worst or would you get the best or somewhere in between? And if you don't like what it's previewing, you're like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm going to do it myself. So you can still physically resolve it, like manual resolve it and see if there's a difference. And I really yeah, like that. That's that's one of the new systems that they added that I really like. I really appreciate it. So, you know, good on them. And we're continuing to give them feedback. I'm also noticing a few more portraits are popping up. So I like the fact that there's more villagers, you know, of different types. Um, I hope they keep adding them. I don't know if it's like the Kickstarter backers, their portraits are being added in, which if that's if that's the case, I'm okay with that too, because they kind of did that in Battletech and I really like it. And it would be interesting if so 
I don't know if you noticed, but when you create a character or when you have a character, you can add a blurb to them or you can actually write their story, where they came from. So it would be cool if they did that with the Kickstarter backers. They could create like this narrative. So as you're playing. But anyways, that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, okay, well, moving on. Why don't you tell us about Oriental Empires? Yeah, Oriental Empires got an update a few days ago. And a lot of it involves the DLC, the the Genghis Khan DLC. And the first thing is they've added some of the DLC factions to custom games in the Imperial era for those who have the DLC. And they've also given you the power to delete factions in the scenario editor. So those who like to make a lot more control. Also, uh, they added a boyer to cities and custom games in the Imperial era. And there's one that I really like. So sometimes you can get blocked from moving for a turn. And this could be, I don't know, because of terrain or the way other... But now, so let, let's say that the next double bonus. So they could get across a river or some other terrain that was really difficult for the cross. Because now they're going to... So that, that's... And along with all this, bug fixes, AI improvements, this sort of thing. Overall... This is, I think, the people that have Oriental Empires along with the DLC are really going to enjoy this little update. Installed that yet, and you got it. You might want to check it out. It'll be... Yeah, I'll fire it up. I haven't had a chance to touch it since I published the review a couple of months back, so I'll probably fire it up. But like I said, I got a backlog of stuff that needs to get done, so we'll have to see. I might... Hopefully they'll do another like DLC expansion kind of thing, and when they do, I'll do like a re-examination or review and cover everything. So that's that's coming in 2019, but probably not for a bit. All right. Well, also from the Far East, we have Three Kingdoms, The Last Warlord, and it got a patch and a call for help. So first the patch, the Korean version was added, and they've also reworked the AI quite a bit. First, the battle AI has been improved and applied to all the scenarios. And, like, battles in this game are really intricate. You're going to siege engines, ladders, there's special forces, sappers, all these different things that do combat. And the AI was having trouble using it very well. This latest, that's improved. Also, the diplomatic AI has been improved, and it's better at distinguishing... I don't know, trigger for ransom, making an alliance, abandoning. So the AI is going to be a lot smarter. And, um, they've improved auto resolve for combat, which you were just talking about with Thea. It's always, I don't know, a, kind of a gambling. You're auto resolving. You don't want it to should be. So now the algorithms in Three Kingdoms that last should be better than they were. And then their call for help is they're trying to get this game into more languages. Currently, it's in English. Simplified Chinese, traditional Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. Um, I've also read, though, that the... <laughs> Sketchy? Yeah. Ske- Google translated? Um, I think it's better than that, but still it has some problems. And anytime you're translating problems, and that's where they want from the community. Uh, they want to get this game into Arabic, French, German, Italian, Malay, Portuguese, Russian, Spanish, Thai, and Vietnamese. So if you're proficient in English or Chinese, mm-hmm. along with one of these other languages... <laughs> then they might be able to use you and contact them. Is, th- is this a paid? Is this a paid gig um, or is this uh, volunteer? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I would never put myself up for that ever because this is not. Yeah, I know. I know. Way to practice their language. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it, there's people that have, that have studied these language, and so this yeah. is a project they can use to do that. I have a buddy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. I, I'm just not going to say anything else so I don't shoot myself in the foot with that. But I will say something uh, something else about um, some of the changes you just described. Now, Three Kingdoms is a Total War game. Total? No, what? No. This is yes. Three Kingdoms The Last Warlord. Are you talking about the Total War Three Kingdoms game? Oh, I was getting them confused. This is the 4X from China. Oh, oh my God. 
Oh, never mind. I take it back. Okay. What I was going to say right now, I take it back. And the comment about the translation, I take that back too, because I was confusing it with three total war, three kingdoms. And I'm like, I'm like, why are they asking for free? This is a giant company. If they yeah, cannot really. afford, if they cannot afford it, then yeah. Okay. Well, everything, I apologize to the devs. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? If, any, if anybody listening wants to help them out, do so because this is a game we will be reviewing. Actually, one of our aspiring authors is working on a review for it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, and he's um, he's practicing his Chinese with it. Not that the review will be in Chinese. It's just <laughs> <laughs> really? let's just say that the let's just say that the English translation is also in need of some work. Oh, so yeah, um, yeah. If Creative Assembly said, "Yeah, we need people to work for free," I would have been like, um, "We would have been reporting what a what a bunch of scammers they were, a bunch of seriously." But that's no, that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. what. Okay, well, that I apologize. You know what? Let's give them help if we can. All right. Speaking of small companies, let's talk about Interstellar Space Genesis. Now there are release. I think at the time of this podcast recording they either had just released alpha 1b or it's it is about to be released so this is the next stage and they're t they're continuing to let people know hey look you know some of these updates will break saves so you know as a heads up um don't uh don't panic it's okay you know this is an alpha game this is how it is okay so what are they doing um well, first of all, they're introducing a couple of new mechanics. So they're introducing something called an overcrowding modifier. So if your planet has too many people in it, you start suffering morale penalties. Okay, good, good, makes sense. You know, then they are they adjusted uh, a new. Well, they introduced a new customization, risk customization, where your you start on a small home world. So my guess is, if this is like any other space game, when you have a small home world, it's a malice, and then you get plus points you can put somewhere else, unless it's not. I mean, I have a key for this. I haven't fired it up. I'm, you know, I want to, but I just I, I can't. I don't have the time, and I'd have to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. And I have like a couple of reviews I need to pop out, so I'm gonna wait a little bit. Having said that. They're continuing on balance changes. So some of the balance changes that are that they're doing is that heroes or leaders that are experienced will cost more. So if you try to recruit a leader that has more experience, you're going to be paying more from the get-go, which makes perfect sense. Why would you take a, a leader that's inexperienced and pay the same as if you could take somebody who's experienced? Another thing is there's... Um, since this is, again, going after the Master of Orion games, leaders have various traits. So a leader that's envious is now going is now going to be more passive in regards to demanding a dismissal of another leader that's similar to it. So, for example, if you have, a, I would assume, a scientist who's envious and you have another scientist who's super duper, this envious guy is not going to be like, fire him or I quit, fire him or I'm not going to do anything, fire him or I'll start a revolt, you know. Something to that degree. Um, they're continuing like all kinds of tweaks, adjusting from minus to plus. You know, it's just if you're not playing the game, it won't make sense. Click on the notes, you can look at it. And um, then they are um, not too many graphical changes or AI changes, but they are fixing performance issues, especially when setting up the game with lots of custom races. There are all kinds of slowdowns. They're adjusting the UI. And it's a pretty solid, pretty nice looking bug fix or bug kill list, I guess. So, you know, this is one of our games that we're really looking forward to for next year. And this should potentially be able to quench the thirst of those who want a legitimate successor to the Master of Orion game, somebody who was not happy by Master of Orion Conquer the Stars, or as we affectionately call it, New Moo, and um, somebody who's looking to get a space game that's not, you know, Stellaris or Endless Space or anything like that, or Galsiv, but has, it's closer to those games, just hasn't played them, was always wondering what it's about. So this, this is one of a few games coming out this one is definitely coming out there's a few others that might come out next year they've been kind of lord of rigel dominus galaxy a few others that they're kind of in production being worked on being worked on any day now they'll come out you know will they won't they who knows so you know good luck to them we'll keep an eye out 
we're keeping our fingers crossed that this is going to be what they hope it is. And in turn, the community can appreciate it for what it is and help them, you know, make it better, sell, make their time, their investment worthwhile. Okay, well, that's it for 4X Games. Not too busy of a week. I mean, this is, we're recording it right before New Year's. So it's been a pretty quiet week so far. And if there are any news items to pop up between our recording and when this comes up, it'll be on the next show. Now, moving on, this week, we're going to, in our What Is section segment, we're going to talk about a game called Element Space. Now, I keep going on about, so what I was talking about last year is, oh, well, 2018 was all about the colony builders, the city builders. There's really big and like a lot of tactical squad combat games were on the horizon. Well, I think in 2019, there's going to be quite a few of them. So here's another one. This one is called Element Space. Now, I'm, I have, um, I got, I believe I got sent a copy through our curator program. So this is definitely one of the games I really want to play. I just have not had a chance to play it. But it's there's been quite a few squad combat games come out that in theory are really good. But in practice, not so much. This one looks to be more towards the really good ones. The price is $20 game, so the price is right. It's an early access now, so you can jump in for like 15 bucks. Now, uh, you can have... Um, the game is more scripted, meaning that it's more um, it's more narrative driven. It's less open world, but you can have um, multiple playthroughs, and each one is about twelve to fifteen hours. You have uh, so this is basically a futuristic game where it's not like XCOM, which is slightly in the future. This is a couple of hundred years in the future. There's, um, you know, your world has been. Um, 200 years, so a couple of, yeah, it's accurate. Your world has been changed. You're a particular person, Captain Christopher. Now, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but his name is Python. And you're leading a fight against this terrorist organization or network called The Tempest or Tempest. And uh, you're, you know, you're having your, your battle in various crafted landscapes, meaning that they made them. They're not randomly generated, but what you do is up to you, how you equip them. You have a lot of different weapons loadouts that you can do. You have different squad loadouts, what you can do with your squad. You can grow them. You can you have various upgrade trees. You have all kinds of enemy units, all kinds of things going on. So, I mean, it's it looks pretty interesting. It seems to have like 80s, 90s humor. So, may, I don't know, maybe like something like a cross between aliens and predator type jokes possibly I, I would know more if i was actually playing it and i'm not and i'm kind of you know hoping to get to play in the next couple of weeks maybe a month or two but uh I, I like what i'm seeing the link will be in the notes so check it out and to me it looks better than some of the squad tactics games that came out now is it because i like sci-fi games maybe but, uh, you know, it's, I'm not the only person here, so I'm very curious if anybody has tried it. Let, let us know what you think of it. And if not, uh, maybe you will. And if, if anything, most likely I'll probably do an excursion for this sometime next year. Awesome. Very cool. Sure. And if you haven't joined our curator page yet, if you don't follow us on that, please do. Uh, we have more than just the basic things that we that you mm -hmm. might have. Yep, and Oliver like did a major rework this month, and he has he did he did an awesome job on it, and uh, he did um, like our favorite games. Each one of us has a list of games that we like yeah, and things like picks. that. Staff picks. There you go. Yeah. So and, and it's grown since he started like being more involved with it. It's doubled in in followers. It's like at five thousand seven hundred and change. I think last time I checked, I think that's about five thousand six hundred, right. five thousand seven hundred, somewhere in there. So we're we're doing something right, or and by that I mean Oliver is really putting in the work. So you know, big thank you to him, and you know, kudos to his work. So all right, well, let's move on from that. And uh, in case you didn't know, I'm sure most people don't realize this, but Steam is having another sale right now called the Winter Sale, and I am I I let me see what the word is. I believe they say underwhelmed by uh, by the sale prospects because as i've been saying over this past year if you want to get a really really good discount unless it's a much older game on new not new games like came out yesterday but new games like in the last couple of years you're really gonna have to try and pick something up on a publisher weekend now those sales can be really good but these annual or 
quarterly or not even quarterly, like bi-monthly sales. I mean, Steam has had four of them since the summer. Just they don't do anything for me. I don't know. I'm I'm not impressed. I haven't. I picked up. I think one game. That's it. Yeah, I haven't bought. Me, bought like you know what? I I ought to check out DLC. Oh oh, uh, Inferno. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun faction. They they introduce a lot of interesting things too. But I mean, here's I got a different. Yeah, check it out. See, it's probably on sale like thirty three percent off probably. Yeah, but. Over. If you're not 100% sure, wait until January when uh, Endless Day rolls around. They usually well, that's usually also yeah. that's usually a publisher weekend. They'll have a whole bunch of events. They'll have all kinds of stuff going on. Tempest is only so, is 75% off right now. That's a pretty Oh, good I would dude, if you don't if you don't have it, get it. No, that's that's one of my favorite ones. Oh. Yeah, okay. that's not It's it's one of my fa- it's actually one of my favorite DLC for any of the Endless games is Tempest. I really like the faction. Yeah. And they, it introduces the water which mechanic, is which is I thought that amazing. was a real big. I thought I thought Tempest yep. kind of sewed up the game rather nicely. It was cool to get Inferno. Yeah, I should. I should, I'm a VIP, and I didn't know about it until shortly before they released it. They kind of snuck it in on us, and it was like, "What? Are you serious? Sweet." So, anyways, okay. Well, let's uh, let's you know let's talk about the poll that we ran in December. All right, yeah. Uh, our poll for December was basically how much time a week spent, and the number one amount was 11 to 20 hours, 40. No, wait, take that back. 6 to 10 hours with 49 votes, and then 11 to 20 came in second with 43 votes. So very close right there between those two. So most of the people that visit our site and cared enough to vote play somewhere between 6 to 20 hours a week, which is about where my gaming range will fall some week. Some weeks. Really? Yeah, I'll get hmm. sick on a good week where, like, right now I've been on vacation. I've been off from... So I've been able to put in before... I, I think my wife and me, if I ever played 20 hours No, I mean, in a week. I, I could do... I could do 20 hours, but it's, you know, like I need to sacrifice sleep to do that. Not like get up in the middle of the night and, you know, sneak away to play video games. You know, I don't have issues. My wife is really cool with me playing. It's just the reality is I got to get up early in the morning to go to work. You know, young kids, responsibilities, you know, wife is working full time. Can't just like dump off the workload. Okay, babe, you handle all this stuff. Yeah, I know you were at work all day today. Yeah, I know it's a tough day, but you got this. I just need to go sit down and play for five hours. You know, yeah, she think- that was cool when Red Dead came out yeah. because she knows I've been waiting for that. So that was there was no questions, no nothing. Go have fun, honey. But if I were to do that in any given day just for the hell of it, whoo. <laughs> Exploraminate. Nice knowing you. Yeah, see you later. Right. So, so I, I think I put his past a little bit less. Well, we'll but anyway, okay. yeah, that's where most people fall. Um, I think the one that got the least amount of votes was zero to one hours. Yeah. Gamers. yeah. Uh, I was really yeah. surprised at um, 21 plus hours got 36 votes or about 22% of the respondents. So, like we got some hardcore gamers around here and I'm glad I think I think it has to do with I think it has to do with age. This is how I see it. Zero to one has gotta be like the late twenties, early thirties age group, probably, or like a new parent or something like that, you know, a new career or something like that. Like you really don't have time. Now I don't think zero to one is somebody who's like the hardcore gamer and that's just that's all they got. I think it's just like there's stuff going on. But two to five, that's usually me most weeks. Like occasionally I'll get a day on a weekend where I can put in like a 10-hour block. It's just four years ago I had more time to game. But also four years ago I did not have as many responsibilities, I guess, as I have now, as many things going on. So, But like I I can imagine when I'm 60, 65 years old, seven years old, you know, retired, done with work, outside of it's going to be a choice. Do you want to sit and watch TV? Because I know a lot of retired people, you know, they spend a certain amount of hours, three, four, five hours a day watching TV because they're just chilling out. Would I sit there and watch TV for that time or would I play video games? I think I would play video games, you know? So my guess is like quite a few of the people that are playing, you know, 11 towards the upper end of 11 to 20 a week or 21 and on are probably people that have that time, you know, maybe 
college students or high schoolers, you know, or maybe people that are retired or, you know, they're at the point in their life when they're like, you know, I got, this is my fun time. And here's the thing. I, I, I imagine that they're not playing the older people are not playing first person shooters. You know, I can imagine they're playing strategy games, you know, war games, but what the hell do I know? I mean, first person shooters, like the number one selling top five, number one selling games right now are like first person shooters, you know, Fortnite and PUBG and like, you know, various versions of that, you know, CS go or come or leave or die or all that garbage, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So I don't know, but it's, it was interesting. I did not think we would have as many people voting at 21. That was definitely a surprise for me, but not unexpected. You know, we do have a dedicated fan base. For sure. So absolutely. uh, Sure. So this week I played three games so far. I've been playing one hour a night with my son ever since. Remember how I thought I was talking about last week about Civ 6 getting on the iOS? Yep. Yep. So I picked it up because my son finished his semester really good grades. I asked his teacher, hey, how is he doing? She's like, he's killing it. He's he's awesome. I love your kid. Is She's like, how come? I'm like, well, you know, his electronic time, how much he gets depends on how he does. She's like, you have nothing to worry about. Give him as much as he wants. I go, I don't know about that. That's being crazy. Kid wouldn't sleep. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, that doesn't, but he's getting plenty. Get choose TV, do this, do that. So, um, like during the school year, during the academic school year, he doesn't get TV during the week at all. Electronics times are limited to just what needs to be done for school. So anyways, so yeah, so I've been playing with him. So he's a master on Civ Rev 2. He's like, he's the warmonger of warmongers, you know, the, um, the king of kings for that. He beats that game on the highest difficulty, like it owes him money. But now I'm teaching him how to play like the full the full version of the game and all these extra mechanics. And we're having all these interesting conversations. So it's kind of fun because my mom was like, oh, I want to get him chess. And my wife's like, nah, what he's playing makes chess look like a walk in the park. She's like, what? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And then with all the free DLCs, so I'm teaching him the game. We're doing like a, like a playthrough right now. And then uh, for myself, um, so I'm done with Red Dead. I can't stand the online. It's just, it's grindy. I hate the microtransactions. Absolutely hate that whole thing. It's crazy griefing. Like like the whole griefing thing doesn't bother me because if somebody comes after me, I go after them. But some of the guys I play with, they can't really handle it. So they get all stressed out when that happens to them. And then that stresses me out. So it's like, you know, I have to like white knight the situation, which I don't like. So yeah, I'm done with that. Then I was playing Infamous Second Son on the PS4, which is I beat the first two games many years ago, and they were a lot of fun. Long before Exploring and Infamous One and Infamous Two, and Second Son happens, you know, seven years after with a new character, and I really enjoyed it. And so I was doing that on the PS4 and uh, Thea Two. So the only PC game that I've been playing is Thea Two, and I'm I'm just like I log off of Steam to play Thea 2 because it's constantly auto-updating and I'm constantly losing my saves. So I, I think I might have encountered a bug on my current playthrough because like my my party has a movement of zero. It cannot move. And I don't know if it's because their so their carry capacity is like 44,100 pounds or whatever, kilograms, whatever it is. And and I think that they're what um, what they're at now is double that. I had them like on a ship on an island where I finally found some high-end resources like diamonds. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to mine these because they're so far away. And there was some food there that I wanted. So I got them like all just (laughs) too much stuff. And now I can't move them. So I don't know if it's a bug or what, but whatever. So I fired it up, uploaded it, updated it. And apparently my save still works, but I started a new one. But yeah, like I just, so I love the fact that you can have pets. So for pets, I have cats, I have dogs, I have ravens. I have a couple of different types of demons. I have a wraith that does not want to be called a pet. And it threatens me if I call it a pet, something bad will happen to me. But the description of this wraith is it's a pet. So, you know, I'm sure Mila, when she was writing this, she was just busting up. She has a really wicked sense of humor. And uh, she's the lore meister for Muha Games. And um, I have horses and goats that apparently can reproduce. 
because I've had I've I've had an event. I had a stork come by and tell me, "Oh, you're having a very good harvest. Your farm animals are reproducing." And it's like I doubled up on horses and goats. And I'm like, "Sweet." And the whole point of them is is they don't give you so what's cool about the horse and the goat is that they don't give you like a plus to your stats for card resolution they give you a care an additional carrying capacity and the horse is giving you an additional move so if you take your whole party and you give them all horses you'll get an extra plus one move plus the additional carrying capacity so i mean there's a lot of stuff and like i'm really like digging into the card mechanics and i like it i'm really liking the changes they made and i'm i'm impressed like I'm impressed. This feels like the thought that went into it makes me think of stuff like Magic and Hearthstone. You know, it is it is cool. I like it. I like how they're changing the stats. Even though there's so many different stats, they all have a purpose. And like you think, like you have a character, and you're like, man, this this guy, or this chick, oh, this this woman, she's my number one, you know, huntress. She can take down any beast. And then she comes up upon a task that has to use wits. And she's like throwing ones, the equivalent of throwing ones, you know, a die with only two sides with one and two. And she keeps throwing ones because she doesn't have it. Or my guy who is like, you know, super duper, um, crafter, you know, this dude can build whatever. And then it comes combat and he's like, like the, the child next to him is doing better than him. Because all the stats are in a different place, so I really like like how that works. The humor, the events—they're as grim as ever, but there's a few good ones. I found some actual ones that put a smile on my face, like unexpected outcomes. So definitely, I'm very hyped for Theater Two. Very hyped. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, this week because of all the holidays, I didn't have much time, so mm-hmm. I played some World of Tanks Blitz. They mm-hmm. got the Christmas event going on, and it's actually pretty good. So nice. I've been grinding. I'll leave the road for a while, so well, safe trip, safe trip. Oh, appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that. Um, so mm. after that, though, man, there, I do actually like January. Nothing's too mm. cold to go out and do anything. So, so you you're not tasked with any adventures. Yeah, it's, no distractions. No distractions. Nothing. You can't do anything except stay inside, and it's great. Anyway, that's where I am with that. Uh, Nate, is there anything you'd like to say before we close this one up? Uh, two things. First of all, as usual, a big call out and thank you to our patrons. We really, really appreciate all of your support. You have made this year rock for us, and you're awesome. Thank you so much. We're always looking for, like this past week, we had a couple of, I think, two new people join, which is awesome. You know, if you like what we do, if you if you think that we're doing a good job, you know, kick us a buck or two, you know, whatever. We'll take whatever you throw our way. Like us, support us, you know, subscribe to us, all that good stuff. And uh, get the word out. And if you think we could improve, Throw us a buck or two because we could use it to improve and tell us how we can improve. Yeah, <laughs> you we're know? always open. Right. Sometimes we're not as responsive because it's like, ooh, that, that one that one stung. But we we make changes where we can to improve things. And we got a few things we're gonna try for next year. Like for example, Oliver's cardboard excursion, which I thought was a lot of fun, but I don't know if it's the holidays. And people just not kind of paying attention or maybe it's like they're like, whoa, 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 exterminate. You guys are way off the reservation. I mean, if that's the case, that's okay. Let us know. Because I know Oliver has been itching to try a few different things. But if you guys, if he's going to put in the work and nobody's going to read it because they're not interested, well, at least let us know so we can tell him because I don't want him busting, busting his butt to get these things up. And get these things ready for you guys, and then nobody's interested in it, you know. So yeah, that's the same thing. Provide our listeners, viewer, readers with the kind of content. So right. Let us know what I you mean, want, either through our site, through Patreon, or even email, whatever. You know, you got our email over there. You can send us email. You can hit us up wherever, and just let us know because we're we're. I mean, look, don't forget, we are fans. We are you guys. None of us are professional reviewers. None of us are professional writers that work for other publications. And we're secretly doing this on a side project for competition for wherever our place of business is. We're all in different careers. Yeah, some of us write professionally, but for different reasons. You know, not for game review purposes. That's certainly not my profession. You know, yeah. so yeah. well, Michael has so obviously right, but right, right. Which is why when you read his pieces, you're like, man, this this stuff is good. 
And if you read my stuff, you'll realize I'm not a lawyer. I write, I can, I can write technical documents for my profession, which I do on a regular basis. But that my profession does not require for me to write in, a, in such prose that my writing is on the level of, you know, Micah or you or, or Joshua or Oliver. You guys all write better than me. It's just apparently I have the na- I have the knack for administration, so <laughs> you know it is what it is. But so that was the first thing. Second thing I wanted to say is wish you all a happy new year. Like we started with the show, you know. Hopefully everything's good. Hopefully 2019 brings you good things, and 2018 was rough for a lot of people. And I hope 2019 will be less rough and more happy tidings. And if not, you know, we're, we're always here. So come talk to us, come play with us, come chit chat with us. And, you know, that's the best we can offer you. And now uh, we got a couple of different things we're going to try for next year. So keep an eye out and uh, give us our feedback so we know where we're doing good and where we're not. And I think that's it. That's all I got. All right. Very good. Well, we would like to thank everyone for joining us this week. It was really good to have you. This has been Troy and Caribou. See ya.